Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The We're back to Medical Surprises edition. Amazing! <laughs> it's good to be home. That's right. I love a medical surpri- surprise unless it's happening to me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah we've, got, uh, we've got a few. We've got a few inside a few, good actually. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Today is in betweeny 078. Man's hernia was an ovary and then some. Oh, wow. (laughs) And anger disorders could be a blood thing. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, we have a lot to unpack today. (laughs) Literally. I have a lot of questions. Uh, We have a lot to literally discover. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Amazing. Sorry. I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with um, the horrified Marissa Riley. That's me. (laughs) I am scared. But I am also excited. You can be two things at once. That's right. Two things can be true. That's what my therapist says. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this podcast contains multitudes like us. Yes. yes. Layers. And truth. <laughs> yes. So many things in this podcast. Um, uh, let's see. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today, but now that I do, I'm a little grossed out and stressed, <laughs> but uh, excited as per usual. Let's That's do great. it. So we're we're on par for the course. Yes. That's great. Yes. Excellent. Yeah, my friends, today we're finding stuff inside other stuff. Yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> our first story is a literal Russian doll of body parts. Amazing. Amazing way to describe it so far. <laughs> May, makes me even more worried. And our second story is equally eyebrow-raising. You know, we've spent the last several years watching people on social media and in the world around us just lose their shit, waking up and choosing violence as a response to something simple, like like being required to wear a mask for five minutes while shopping in a Walmart. Yeah. Um, How It's such a difficult thing to do. I'm being very sarcastic. Uh, But yeah. So a recent study may explain why some, a small percentage of these folks are hot-blooded, as the old saying goes. I'm going to try so hard not to sing the song for the rest of the podcast. I just want to let everyone know. (laughs) But if at any point you do want to sing it, go ahead. It might happen. It might just burst out of me. (laughs) Um, Some may have a medical reason for this um, hot-bloodedness. I'm going to tease you as much as possible. Please do. I'm going to tease it out of you. Tease it out of me, yeah. Other folks may just be assholes, but we're going to concentrate on the medical stuff today. Sounds amazing. And that's the second half of the show. Cannot so, wait. I guess we should, we should begin at the beginning. Absolutely. With the first one. Let's start. All right. To begin, let's head on back in time just a smidge to 2021. No. I, know, I, know. I don't want to go back. <laughs> I know. It hurts. Uh, this case is going to hurt too. But... Um, we need to pack our bags as well, uh, because we're scooching over to Southeast Europe. Oh, okay. To the beautiful country of Kosovo. I've never heard of it, believe Uh it or not. There we go. Well, for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, don't worry, I got you. Where is Kosovo? Please, imagine the high heel of Italy. You got it. Okay, now point to it. Okay. Now move your finger east. Okay. Voila, there is Greece. Oh, la la. Now to the north of Greece is Albania. Okay. And to the northeast of Albania is, you guessed it, Little Kosovo. Little Kosovo. That's right. 
Uh, we just so happened to be in the emergency room at Kosovo's University of Pristina. Oh, no. I know. Let's <laughs> take a turn. Uh, and we're he- it's here where a 67-year-old man has just entered and told doctors a small spot to the left of his groin, between his abdomen and leg, had some swelling. Well, that's never a good thing. No. No. No, no thank you. No. <laughs> never. Um, and this spot has finally become too painful to deal with. Uh, get this. It's too painful after 10 years of it. You guys. I know. You have to go in sooner. You you can't let this go on for 10 years. No. Maybe just like two or three. You tops. know? Tops. Yeah. Two or three tops. She's a doctor. You have to listen to her. Yeah, so. definitely. <laughs> 100%. So he's had enough and wants something to be done. Now, our source and case study, which was published in the September 2021 issue of Urology Case Reports, doesn't disclose the patient's name, but we do know a few things about him. Okay. He identifies as a happily married guy, a father to three children, born with only one descended testicle. Okay. But, I mean, other than the swelling and pain, he's totally healthy. Good to know. Totally, totally healthy. Now, after being given a physical... And taking a peek at this small lump, doctors initially diagnosed him with an inguinal hernia. Oh, I've, I've heard of hernias before, mm-hmm. but... I mean, yeah, this is like a standard hernia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is going to sound rough, but it's when a section of intestine pokes through a weak point in the abdominal muscles and uh, bumps into the groin and at the top of the inner thigh. It's so hard to wrap your head around, <laughs> yes. but it, it's apparently it happens all the time yes. to a lot of people. It happens a lot. Yeah. yeah, you're left with a little bulge, uh, excuse me, you're left with a little bulge that's not life-threatening usually. No. And um, good news, I guess, it's super common and an easy fix. Um, during the operation to repair it, all doctors have to do is make a cut th- through which they uh, push that their lump Back into the abdomen. Easy. That's right. No problemo. Easy peasy. So, Dr. Marissa, our only doctor on call. That's me. That's right. If you would, please tell us. When doctors made their routine cut and made their routine way to a routine hernia, please tell us what very unroutine objects did they find? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Quote, according to the Daily Mail dot co.uk i got it doctors found a mass approximately four to six inches in length which upon dissection included a pear-like structure Mm -hmm. that they discovered was a uterus Mm -hmm. oh my god what is it doing there (laughs) they also found a scrotal sac that contained a fallopian tube and his missing testicle which had an ovary attached to it, end quote. This yeah. sounds like he absorbed a female twin. Ah. Is that kind of what's going on? That's, you know, that's exactly what I thought you'd be thinking. Yeah. Uh, this is some chimera situation where a twin is found, and that's something we've spoken about on this show before. Yeah, teeth in weird places. <laughs> teeth in a tumors. Yes, there you go. Yeah, your twin. Uh, good news it's not this. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I, is... Just once, I really want to call it. I've only called it like a couple times. You have a good record. 
You have a good record. I mean, you're close. <sighs> you were close this time, too. But uh, this is actually a diagnosis of an even rarer situation oh. that reveals the complex, intricate world of a fetus in utero. Now, my friends, our patient was diagnosed with persistent malarian duct syndrome. Oh. PMDS. Okay. Of which only around 250 cases have been reported in medical literature. That's nothing. I know. That is nothing. That's no one. That's... Yeah, there's so many people <laughs> there's so many. who are here and have been here. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, what the fuck is PMDS? Yeah. Not a problem. I got you here, too. Dr. Marissa, I thought we should uh, tag team describing what this is and how it occurs, though it's super rare. What do you say? Nothing would make me happier. Bring <laughs> it on. Okay. Our source is Emily Craig, a health reporter for the Daily Mail. Fuck yeah, Emily. And Emily is using the current medical lingo, which is super binary, and I just wanted to point this out and that we're aware. Uh, This definition is just to get a basic understanding of what persistent malarian duct syndrome is. Fair. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. So let's take it away. Dr. Marissa, here you go. Let's do it. That was so much energy. I'm so sorry. Um, Okay. Quote, "All all fetuses develop with the beginnings of a womb known as the malarian duct. In the male fetus, hormones will be produced, causing this to shrink and even disappear. But in, the, but in those with PMDS, these hormones will not be produced or the body will not react to them. This, oh. this means the malarian duct will develop into female sexual organs, including cervix, ovaries, and uterus. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, continuing the quote, because different hormones are responsible for growing a penis, the male reproductive organs will also develop. Symptoms include one or both testicles failing to descend and fleshy hernias in the lower abdomen. Boom. <laughs> hernias usually occur when the descended testicle pulls the fallopian tube and the uterus into the tract through which it descended, end quote. This is a lot, Jill. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. This is a lot. <laughs> this is literally and figuratively. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I know what you're panic thinking. Is everyone with a hernia got some extra sex organ jammed in them? I no. actually wasn't thinking <laughs> no. that. I was just thinking of this person, but I, I am now. Do I have, oh, I don't even want to think about no. anything weird. And it's not weird. It's totally natural and perfect, but do, it's I, have, okay. do I have anything else no. growing inside of me? You're good. You're good. You're good to go. Okay. Uh, it's most likely part of your intestine sticking out. So everyone remain calm. It's okay. probably just a regular, good old fashioned intestine poking out situation. Cool. So, right. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> Now, to be fair, we don't know how prevalent PMDS actually is because most cases are, you guessed it, discovered by accident. Oh, I see. Yeah, like after a deep dive into symptoms a patient can no longer deal with, just like our 67-year-old who had been walking around with extra body parts his whole life until they caused extensive pain. Oops. Yeah, so. Or in the case of Dwayne Walters. Okay. Back in 2015, uh who was tested for bladder cancer thanks to years of blood being found in his urine. Years? Yeah. He finally got tested. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, when Dwayne was called into the doctor's office, what news was he given? 
I am actually really excited to spill this to you. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Walters told the Daily Mail, quote, my wife and I went to see the consultant and were very worried it was going to be bad news. So when my doctor said I should sit down as he had something to tell me, I was shaking. I replied, am I going to die? I was convinced I had cancer. But then he said, no, but I am going to tell you something. It's going to be hard to get your head around. He then went on to explain that the scan had located a fully functioning uterus, fallopian tubes, ovaries, and I even had a cervix. Mm -hmm. He struggled to fully explain it. He said he was an experienced doctor, but in his whole career, he'd never seen anything like it. Further tests would be needed to discover how the bleeding was appearing in my urine, but the doctor believed I was having periods. Yep. I, in case you didn't hear me screaming, end quote. In case you didn't hear me <laughs> screaming, I said having periods. That's he right. was having periods. Yes. My friends, may oh I my present God. to you a heterosexual cis man who technically could get pregnant. How? Wow. Mm-hmm. Could yeah. he make himself pregnant? Oh, um, I don't think so. Like, what if he had his own sperm and then they <laughs> put it into... Oh, like... Like, uh, they like just... his own, he's his own surrogate, is what you're saying? Yeah. That's so fucking weird, dude. Is that so weird? He had his, if he had his own baby? Like he cloned himself? Do you think it would something? be weird if I DM'd him about that? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever considered <laughs> carrying your own baby? <laughs> Uh, I'm sure in the future we'll we'll all have that chance. <laughs> so. This is true. It'll you be, all it'll be our... old. We'll be the old weirdos who can't have their own babies. Exactly. That's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So uh, now having full autonomy over his body, he chose a hysterectomy. Fair. That's so, fair. That's uh... so. The answer is he will not be having his no. his own babies. No. Uh, so he's doing well. Our 67 year old patient is also doing well. Wonderful. Uh, but after the break. There are some folks who are not well. Yeah. Yeah. On a scale of one to ten, they're an eleven. Oh man. And pissed, pissed off. Fucking, they're, they're on the pissed off charts. Yikes. Uh, yeah. And a recent discovery suggests it may not be just mental illness alone. Okay. So, stay tuned. Please do. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms, so when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones... (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. 
we love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. So the podcast is called Big Picture Science, and you can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. A lot happens every day. Cut through some of the noise by listening to What's New with Wired, a podcast that provides in-depth coverage on technology and culture. With new episodes released every weekday, you can catch up on all the major events you missed. From AI developments to business updates to new scientific theories, it helps you make sense of what's happening in the world. Plus, each episode is usually pretty short. You can easily squeeze it in on your way to work or during a lunch break. So stay updated with the award-winning journalism from Wired. Listen to What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. That's What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And to be honest, it's hard to chill nowadays. It's so hard. (laughs) Oh, my God. And we have everything. We get the food deliveries. We got the Netflix. Uh We got the Lexapro. We got the therapist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I could go on for ages. Yeah. Um, Doesn't help. We got (laughs) stuff delivered every day. I'm still stressed. Still stress, and that's because, you know, we have a lot of shit on our plates. Yeah. We've got careers, family, the slow dismantling of democracy around the world. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. To be honest. And we're human. And every now and then, we yell, we cry, we let off steam. Yeah. But for some folks, anger is an issue that could destroy their lives and sever connections. I've heard, yeah. yeah. I've, I've Yes. Yeah. So, Dr. Marissa, according to the Mayo Clinic... Please tell us about one particular anger disorder that can affect anywhere between one and seven adults in their lifetime. Dude, that's a lot. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Actually, to put that ratio into perspective, that's approximately 11 to 16 million Americans. Oh, my God. Now I'm positive I'm going to have it. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Quote, intermittent... Intermittent explosive disorder. (laughs) Really, we're going to call it that? That's That's hilarious. Intermittent explosive disorder. Wow. It it, It, it involves your head, not your ass. Okay. okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you knew exactly where I was going with that. Amazing. Um, I'm going to say it again. Intermittent explosive disorder, uh, which I get after burritos. (laughs) Just kidding. Involves repeated Sudden episodes of impulsive, aggressive, violent, or angry verbal outbursts in which you react grossly out of proportion to the situation. Road rage, domestic abuse, throwing or breaking objects, or other temper tantrums may be signs of intermittent explosive disorder. 
these intermittent explosive outbursts cause you uh, significant distress, negatively impact your relationships, work and school, and can have legal and financial consequences. Intermittent explosive disorder is a chronic disorder that can continue for years, although the severity of outbursts may decrease with age. Treatment involves medications and psychotherapy to help you control your aggressive impulses. End quote. I do feel like I just did an ad for <laughs> the medication for <laughs> this. Yes. Um, and, and I hope you get that medication if you need it. But that just sounds like everyone in New York all oh, the time. Yeah. We've gotten, <laughs> yeah. I think as like a city and boroughs, we've gotten a lot better. Mm. People are a lot less collectively angry. Mm. Um, but... Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, it's it, this is just the United States of America. This is just, this is just I, I rarely leave New York, but I believe it. We're just the United States of intermittent explosive disorder. Yes, pretty much. But I kind of see how one out of seven people might take it a little over the top. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. A little more over the top than me, who just screams at cars <laughs> that barely are about to touch me. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm a person. That was my life. Have you ever done that? Of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. but this is even worse than that. This okay. Is, this could, like, really lead to some serious serious shit. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. So the Mayo Clinic goes on to state that the causes of IED are aplenty. It could be due to environment. Most people with this disorder grew up in families where explosive behavior and verbal and physical abuse were common. Yeah. Uh, it could be genetics, yeah. like differences in how the brain works, or IED could be a symptom of another more severe mental illness. I see that. I see that. So in sum, the cause of and treatment for IED is complicated depending on the individual. Fair. But... Good news, for real. A recent discovery back in 2013 suggests there could be a common factor and targeting it may help. Do tell more. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, would you like to tag team explaining a study published back in December 2013 uh, in the 2013 issue of JAMA Psychiatry? Absolutely. Let's talk okay. about it. Let's talk about how it was performed and what was found. Take it away. You got it. All right. From Bahar Golipur of LifeScience.com. Quote, I did nail it. <laughs> That's great. Amazing. I got you, Bahar. Okay. Quote, the researchers measured markers of inflammation in the blood of 70 people diagnosed with intermittent explosive disorder. The study also included 61 people diagnosed with psychiatric disorders not involving aggression and 67 patients with no psychiatric disorder who served as controls. The results showed a direct relationship between levels of two markers of inflammation and impulsivity and aggression in people with IED, but not in control participants. Holy shit. The results held after controlling for lifestyle factors and other differences between groups of participants. End quote. So we got some blood inflammation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what you're thinking. Inflammation, as in inflamed, like an allergic reaction or an immune response. Yeah, you're right. What? In the study, researchers focused on two immune markers. Okay. C-reactive protein, or CRP, and inter interleukin. 
Interleukin 6. Interleukin 6. That sounds like a planet from the future (laughs) in the Marvel Universe. Everything comes back to Marvel (laughs) because I'm obsessed and embarrassed. (laughs) Surprise, it's in your body. Yeah. It's IL-6. So CRP and IL-6. Now, CRP is produced by the liver in response to an infection. And IL-6 is secreted by white blood cells to stimulate immune responses. The study found that levels of both were higher in people with IED compared with other participants, and that both markers were particularly high in people who expressed more aggressive behavior. Oh, man. Yeah, I know what you're thinking now. But which comes first? Yeah. Does the aggression cause a spike in the markers, or do those markers cause the aggression? Yeah. Or is it a snowballing cyclical situation where it's both? Yeah. Yeah. Can can one affect the other? Yeah. Jill. (laughs) Which one? What are we doing? Well, Dr. Marissa, please tell us what Dr. Emil Kokaro, the studies researcher and professor of psychiatry at the University of Chicago, told LiveScience.com. Nothing would make me happier. All right. Quote, we don't know yet. (laughs) Way to make me feel better, Emil. Uh, Continuing the quote, but it's a powerful indication that the two are biologically connected and a damaging combination. The finding doesn't mean that taking anti-inflammatory medications such as aspirin would calm an angry person, but it does open a new direction for future studies, which could focus on whether reducing inflammation could eventually reduce aggression, end quote. That would be so wonderful if they could like... If just taking like a baby aspirin every day would help yeah. with that. Or if they could create a, a better drug, because I don't know. I actually know nothing about pills. I know a lot about <laughs> other stuff. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, the development of some meds could be a huge help and one step towards living a more chill, happier life. Yes. Uh, Mayo Clinic also reminds everyone we can all fucking try and calm ourselves. Okay. Uh, we can... <laughs> we can Practice relaxation techniques, develop new ways of thinking, easy, or learn new ways to improve communication. Not a problem. Yeah, no, all this, I can do, I can totally do all those things. We can change our environment or reduce booze and drugs. Okay, (laughs) you got it. Um, These are all great, and my first step is to change this environment with Dr. Marissa to a beach somewhere with a margarita. I I think um, I can feel my aggression going down already. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Oh, now I'm thinking about how we're going to pay for it. Okay. (laughs) And it's back up. It's back up. And yes, we'll figure it out. But I do want that margarita, please. That fucking sounds great. And uh, thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about the guy who had an ovary and could get pregnant. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. And... uh... (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah please just stay interesting oh please just do